previously on the Loyal Littles podcast. Uh, sure. Tokyo is probably the only show that I will never say no to. And it's more out of my love and respect for Tony and his work and what he does. And knowing the joy that this podcast brought me as a fan, as a little, I think I know what this podcast means to people who listen to it. And I, if it is humanly possible for me to do an interview when they call, I make sure to do that. Welcome back to the Loyalist Podcast. On the WTFC Podcast Network. Hey, Roxy. Hey, Chuck. Hey, hey Littles. Littles. Roxy, little little major third there. Hey, ding we dong. Me. <laughs> Welcome back to the Loyalist Podcast. Just Let a little vocal warm up. Jam packed. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Little. She threw me off there. Uh, jam packed. Yeah, so again. we should just get into this. Let's uh, do it. Lots, lots of great feedback about our last episode and meet oh the little guest. Uh-huh. I mean, Mark Feinsand, what a blast! What a treat to have him on and to go in all that stuff about how he wanted to go into film and theater. Oh yeah, those are the things that we why we do this. Yeah, I did. Well, I we didn't just know. Uncover things that have never been well. I don't know about that. I mean, before. maybe some of the littles did know. Maybe I don't know. I it didn't. Was shocking though. to us. Yeah. So we're going to try to do that even more. But first, we have a continuation, I think, sort of. Okay. I don't know. This might be the ultimate bury the lead moment ever, but we're very excited about it. As we know, today is February 28th, the last day of February. So we're wrapping up Black History Month, and I can't think of a better way to do it. Uh, Let's just get to five mediocre minutes, shall we? Let's do it. We're excited about this one. We had a blast two years ago. It's been two years since we last talked to this person. So we're really excited. Please welcome back to the podcast, Littles, episode 29. Episode 29, Roxy. Holy cow. Dwan Reese. Hey, Dwan. How's it going? I'm fine. How are you? We're great. This is exciting. Now, I kind of, I don't know. I'm going to just jump to it. This could be the ultimate bury the lead moment. Uh We're not sure. Uh Episode 29, as we just referenced, that's the last time we talked to you. It just seems like amazing to us that we're in the 200s now. I know. Did you, do you remember, did you mention your book that's coming out? I don't think I did. I don't I mean, think you did either. Pro- this book project's been in the work for seven years. It was just a matter of finding time to write. So I hadn't written very much. Mm-hmm. So it was like one of those things I needed to get to. So I don't think I mentioned okay, it. Okay, I don't think you did. Because no, I, I, I actually re-listened to the episode. We definitely talked about the exhibit. Yes, of course. But yeah, I don't exhibit. remember talking about a book. Right. So I don't even remember how I saw this. I saw you posted something on Facebook, I think. And yeah, I did. Yeah. And uh, well, let's let's just jump back. I didn't mean to just jump right in the middle, but I was like, was I a dope? Did we talk about this? And I just forgot all about it. And I was like, I didn't think so. Uh, So I am going to call this kind of the ultimate bury the lead moment. She had a book in the works and didn't even bring it up. So let's talk about it. Where did it come from? Where the ideas come from? All Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Well, this book is a takeoff of the exhibit. It was an idea. The museum's done a series of books, mostly photography books, and they approached me about doing one around music. And I wanted to do something different, not just photography, because I get so excited about the objects. And what I like about the book, it lets us do a lot more than what we can do in the exhibit Mm -hmm. and really go deep into the stories about these objects. And from the academic side, it's a way of really showing how objects can be used as primary sources to do research and just to learn new stories. So it's, it's for the music lover, it's for the novice, it's for the academic, it's for someone who loves to learn something more about what they've seen, like a movie or an exhibit or a book. 
people who like to go deep. And does it go into all aspects of music? Because I remember the exhibit was about hip hop and stuff, right? The exhibit has a lot of genres. It's got about 12 or 13 genres. Right. And the, the book does the same thing. It covers a wide range of objects, a wide range of themes, all types of objects ranging from, I featured Chuck Berry's Cadillac again. <laughs> episode 29, Little. Uh -huh. Episode 29. You'll hear the story. Uh, to Charlie Parker's saxophone, wow. Little Richard's bull, Bo Diddley's guitar. But it really tells the rich stories about the people who've used these things and how they were used in the time they were created and what they mean now. And it's, it's just kind of for the geeky side of me. I love this stuff and I just find it really fascinating. And I think that's what gets our visitors really excited about the objects they see in the museum and the stories we tell about them. Right. Now, if you wouldn't mind, could you real quick, 30 seconds or so, could you just go and, and like kind of reintroduce yourself, tell them where you work and what you do? Because a, a lot, we have a lot of a new lot listeners of new now. Listeners. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, you'll have, you can certainly go back to episode 29, Littles, and we highly recommend it. It's a great interview, but go ahead. Well, my name is Dwan Reese, and I work at the National, the Smithsonian's National Museum of African American History and Culture. From 2009 to 2021, I was curator of music and performing arts, and then I was promoted, and now I'm associate director for curatorial affairs. That, that had just happened last time we talked, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep, you had just gotten promoted, yeah. yeah. So how is that going? Actually, because Chuck actually tried to do some homework here, Roxy. Good. I re-listened to her episode yep. because it had been two years. <laughs> I was like, I want to remember. I knew we talked about the Chuck Berry stuff yep. and all that stuff. But we made a little joke. She's like, well, ask me in a few months. You know, like after, you're like, well, you know, how, so how's it going? How's the yeah, new gig? Right. <laughs> it's interesting. It's interesting being on the management side. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't get to do as much hands-on work that I really like and love, but it's a trade-off, but I'm still keeping my feet wet. And having this book project was one of the ways I did that. Cool. So I'm glad it took as long as it did just so I could still work with the collection and write about the collection and think about it. And now I've done a couple of lectures. I was just down at VCU, Virginia Commonwealth University, uh, did a lecture there on Thursday. And then I'm going to Kansas City the end of March to do a lecture at the American Jazz Museum. Oh, cool. So I'm making the rounds. Yeah, talking you're starting about, your book tour. Yeah. I'm doing my own book tour. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. The hardest thing is cutting stuff, trying not to talk about everything, because I had to do a lot of cutting, just like I did with the exhibit, mm. um, with the book as well. That must be so hard. To yeah. It's painful. It's mm -hmm. painful, because there's such great stories and such great objects, and but there comes to a point where you just kind of have to say, cut and get the thing done and get it to press. Well, we're just thankful you made some time to, on your book tour to stop by the Loyal Littles podcast yeah. again. Of course. Um, so of now, course. correct me if I'm wrong, it is it is in print and it's for sale at the museum, right? It's for sale. It, the official publication date is March 7th. Okay. It is at the museum store right now. Um, you will find it in bookstores around you soon. There's also a link. Uh, Smithsonian's online stores will be selling it. I guess I'll get that link sometime this week. Okay, well, so, we've already got you covered there. I'm happy to autograph copies. Okay. Oh, excellent. We would love that. So, well, we'll we'll definitely have to do that. Mm -hmm. But we also, you probably don't even know this. The Little Littles podcast has a code now, Don. Okay. <laughs> oh. So Todd Dickinson, he's a little episode 149. He yep. has his own bookstore named after his son Aaron's Books, mm -hmm. and all our littles. And I already looked this up. You can go to Aaron'sBooks.com and you can pre-order Don's book. <gasps> 
Yay. Oh, really? And yes, it's on the website. Oh. You can pre-order the book. And if you, in the comment section, use our code LLPOD, you get 15% off. Yeah. So, little, don't be a dope. Oh. I mean, use the code. I, I mean, know. come on, right? So, support Duan, support independent. That. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. So, but you were saying it's going to be pretty much everywhere. You can get it That's great. wherever you get your books, right? Yeah, and it's, it's gorgeous photography. Yeah. So, I'm really that it a year ago, if you had asked me if this was going to ever be finished, I would have screamed no, but <laughs> yeah. I didn't think it would happen. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron's books. I will direct people there. Yeah, sure. Support so, independent booksellers yes. too. Yep. That's what we love to do. Yeah. And yeah, we're just so thrilled for you. I, I mean, know. to hear about this, this and incredible. then to see it come to fruition and because yep. full disclosure littles, we actually, we also got to meet you at Hurley's, Hurley's too. Uh-huh. We had an, our own little meetup last oh, summer. Last summer, I guess it right. was. Yeah. When I was in town, I think. Yeah. 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 So it was a good time. So we're really excited for you. And we were like, we definitely wanted to have you on so we could plug this for you yeah. and uh, just to hear more about it too. Cause we didn't know, you know, everything about it, but that's mm-hmm. great to hear that it goes with the exhibition that you did. Yeah. And some of the stuff will be on exhibit. So if you ever make another trip to the museum, you can see some of the things that we talk about. Yes. Well, good luck with it. We'll, well definitely have to get you. an autographed copy uh-huh. and stuff and yeah, we'll do what we can for you and just don't forget us when you're this popular author. That's all we ask. So. <laughs> No, remember where I get my support from. Excellent. All right. Well, thanks so much again for popping by. We really appreciate it. Okay. Oh, and we forgot while we were talking to her, if you want to give her a follow over on Twitter, you can certainly do that. It's at Dwan Reese. That's D-W-A-N-R-E-E-C-E. And most importantly, we wanted to make sure we gave you the title of the book, which is Musical Crossroads. Stories Behind the Objects of African-American Music. So like we said, make sure you head on over to aaronsbooks.com, search either for the book title or Dwan Reese, and make sure you pre-order your copy. And we'll put all that in the show notes again like we did in episode 29. And more importantly, go back and listen to her episode. It's a really great interview. She talks about Chuck Berry, meeting him, Mm -hmm. and just all about the exhibit that they have down at her museum. Yeah. So anyway, Roxy, jam-packed, as I said. Let's get to it. Another great Meet the Littles guest. We're really excited. We'll be right back with Meet the Littles. You are listening to the Loyal Littles podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. What's a Loyal Little? We are being played in this episode by a band called The Post Grad, and this song is called Our Place. Now, this is really simple. If you like what you hear, just head on over to Instagram and give them a follow over there. That's all they ask. And they are at The Post Grad Band. That's The Post Grad Band. That's T H E P O S T G R A D B A N D. The Post Grad Band. And as always, we'll play the full song, Our Place, at the end of the podcast. All 
right, all you loyal littles, it's now time to meet the littles. And Roxy. Chuck. Here we go again. Okay. I love that I hide these from you. You don't yeah, know anything. Yeah, I have no idea. It's, Ever. It's a full bury the lead moment for Roxy. The whole episode. Please welcome <laughs> to the podcast, John Craig. Hey, John, how's it going? Hey, how are you, Chuck? Roxy, thank you so much. It's a great pleasure. Obviously, just recently discovered the Loyal Little Podcast over the last few months and uh, couldn't be happier that you chose me to come on and talk and ramble on for a few minutes. Oh, this is well, our we're pleasure. we're glad you chose us. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so thank you for becoming well, a loyal listener, it seems uh-huh. like. So we're very excited about that. So, John, you know what we normally do is we just turn it over to you. Introduce yourself to all the Loyal Littles out there. Tell us a little something about yourself. All right. Uh, my name is John Craig, and I am uh, currently living in Albany, New York. And anytime I hear a... Uh, the 518... E- <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, I'm not from here, but I, I feel like I am. I moved here in uh, July of 2000. I've worked in television for a long time. I was, I've been a reporter, print, radio, television, you name it. But I, I grew up in North Jersey. And then I went to school in the Shenandoah Valley at James Madison University, which is probably, might just give you a hint as to where I discovered Mr. Yeah, right. <laughs> and it was really, it was in print at the time because I, we would get the Washington Post every day. Yeah. And I was really hoping that maybe he'd come cover a game when I was, when I was there. So, but after school, I uh, wound up back home for a short time. Then I wound up at a TV job in Fredericksburg, Virginia, which wasn't even a broadcast market. It's a cable company. And it was, of course, halfway between Washington, D.C. and Richmond. Uh, I was there for a couple years. And then I came back to New Jersey slash New York, wound up in the Hudson Valley for a little while. Then on to Utica, New York, with the ABC affiliate there as the anchor and managing editor. Uh, and then I went from there to uh, work in Lansing, Michigan, the beginning of 2000. And, and lo and behold, got a job in Albany. Wasn't sure. The funny thing was, and some of the people that are in media may understand this, you know, markets are markets. You guys probably know this, too. Certainly New York City being number one and L.A. too and so on. Well, U- Utica was like market one 85 or 165, something like that. It was ridiculous. And at the time, Albany was market like 56 or, or 60, somewhere there. And I couldn't make the jump, even in the beginning, end of 99, early 2000, from Utica to Albany. It was too big of a jump because the news directors thought I needed more experience. So I go to up in Lansing, which was market 107, a state capital, and I'm there only six months. And, uh, and then I apply again. And then Albany's like, yeah, come on over. So he, <laughs> Let's um, move again. Right. Yeah. So I did. And um, I mean, there, there were some girls involved, by the way, in the middle of all that. <laughs> sure. But uh, anyway, I came to Albany and I thought I'd be here two, maybe four years. And the old story of you meet somebody and next thing you know, you're the rest is settling history. down. Mm-hmm. That's right. And all so right. I've been here and I was close enough. That Albany was great because I it really was two hours from home. So I can still visit my folks and my friends. Yeah. yeah. And uh, but it, it has become home. Yeah. The 518 for the last 20 three years. Oh, this is awesome. so interesting. So much to unpack already. All right. So as most of our listeners know, I basically left there just as you were arriving. Mm-hmm. So perfect timing that. there. <laughs> um, so I grew up in the 518, grew yep. up near Albany. I, you know, went to Ichabod Crane High School. I think I'm sure okay, you've heard sure. of it. We're always closed. I know right where it is. Yep. <laughs> okay. And yes, you are. Days. When the snow comes, it's the first year in the clothes. Yep. And when I was in television, that's the first place we went because, you know, you could get good snow stories. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we'll do it off air if you want, but I have a great, I've already done it on the podcast <laughs> uh-huh. episodes ago about why okay. that is. But they have bumper stickers about us. We're mm-hmm. on, what's that other definition site? 
the crazy definitions. Urban Dictionary. That's oh, one. Urban okay. Dictionary. Yes. Thank right, you. Right, right, Sorry for all right. the ones that were yelling into your devices just there. <laughs> so, but if you were a verb to be Ichabod craned, like look it up. It's yeah, hilarious. Yeah. But anyway, so there's that. Now I have to go back real quick though, because you kind of glossed over this sort of, what do you got against Kingston? You mentioned all the towns you were in and you, you put that on the form, but what did you say? Like Hudson Valley or something? Yeah, King, you know, Kingston was actually Kingston's the original capital of New York State, right? Uh, I, oh, right. Yeah, before Albany, it was it was the first one. No, it was it was just that I I didn't live there. That I I, I kind of squatted. I had an apartment there for, but I went to a station there that it was originally owned well by several different people. But I had six news directors at this station in a year and a half, so that was okay. not a stable place. But when I first was hired. I lived with my folks in North Jersey and they put me in, they had a bureau, the, the place it was called, I'll just tell you, it was called Regional News Network. Mm-hmm. And they had bureaus around the region. They had one in Connecticut, one in New Jersey. They were opening one, trying to open one in the Bronx, similar to what News Channel 8 and so many other places, you know, New York 1, there in New York City, News 12, all those places. And so RNN was trying to become that. So for the first few months, they put me in the New Jersey Bureau, which was actually near Rutgers. So that was 55 miles south of where my parents were. But then every once in a while, they say, hey, come up and anchor the news. And that was 75 miles north of where my parents were. There's nothing really against it. In fact, they sent me to Bosnia for two weeks. In 1996, it was a couple years after the fighting had ended, really, in, um, in Croatia and Serbia and Sarajevo, but it was still very split. And I grew up, I wanted to be a sports guy. And next thing I know, I'm a news guy. Yeah. And they mm-hmm. sent me to a war zone. And we we rented, it's funny, I can say it now. They rented us a car. It was bright red. We might as well have painted a target on the top yeah, of it as yeah. we're driving through. But And we had to have special UN press passes, which I still have one laying around here oh, somewhere. Cool. Uh, but we got stopped a couple times by Serbian guards. And you just didn't know what was going to happen. And... We shot a bunch of stories, and we tr- what we were goal there was to follow local troops and local soldiers, similar to what sto- stations do now all the time. But we were trying to do it, try to find local people that could then talk to their families, and we wound up setting up uh, a satellite talkback. But here's the problem. When we had this planning meeting before going, and everybody said, oh, yeah, no, we're going to get a satellite in Tuzla, Tuzla, Bosnia. Well, whoever set it up, I think they thought it said Tulsa because <laughs> – like Oklahoma, yeah, because there was no satellites, no. so and no truck. So it was me, uh, another reporter, and a photographer, and the other two, the other reporter and I could all shoot as well. So we, we were one man bands, mm-hmm. as they call it. Mm-hmm. And we had to set our soldier in a room looking at a camera, and then on a phone line, they could hear their loved one like they were making a phone call. But we did it and we shot it, and then we took all the tape, brought it back, and edited it as seamlessly as we could for a July 4th special uh, on, you know, meet the troops and so on. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Here's the problem. That phone call was right on my phone card. Oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so if I, I'm not overly fond of Kingston, it was, uh, we, we had a little fight over who was going to pay that who's bill. Gonna, <laughs> oh, no. That's a pretty big receipt you turned in wow. there, huh? <laughs> Eventually, yeah, eventually they said, um, oh, okay, I guess we'll cover this. And right. they did. Yeah. Okay. I got so. you. I was just trying to make sure I was being fair, you know, to the uh, Kingston peeps. But, yeah, you no, know, no, it's no, funny. It's I'm just, glad uh, I did because Littles, yeah. that whole story was not on the forum. Just no. saying. Okay. 
it's so funny how you know we have a lot in common with the 518. Then I almost went to James Madison for grad school. And, is that right? Okay. Yeah. And then I had grandparents. My They lived in Lansing. This is just really kind of crazy. But, wow, that's really crazy. So let's go back to you, though. So was your major journalism in college? Yes. So I that's something you've always wanted to do? Yes. Journalism, telecommunications. When I was in elementary school in New Jersey, we had a closed circuit news broadcast. And I wanted so badly when I was a little, you know, second, third, fourth grader to get on that. Mm-hmm. And sixth graders were the only ones on that. And I, as you can see, I'm a really shrinking violet. But as I got to sixth grade and I had done singing in the, in the chorus and, and uh, it was no good. But, you know, we, we had a couple little plays and stuff. Uh-huh. But they picked me to be the main anchor for the first half of the season in sixth grade. And I just caught the bug. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I wanted to be not only just – but I wanted to be the person reporting and telling people things and, mm-hmm. and informing them and learning and, and teaching. And so that went on from there. And I wanted to be in journalism. I did uh, newspapers in high school. And we had a 10-watt radio station in high school, which a lot of people didn't have a chance to get. And that was a great thrill. Uh, we, we used to do the uh, high school basketball games on tape delay, but yep. we, we did it as live mm-hmm. and we would record it and then play it back two nights later so that the players could be home listening. Yeah. That kind of thing. So then, uh, yeah, I went to study journalism and it was one of 14 schools I applied to. Got into half of them, seven of them, and just wanted to go somewhere other than northern New Jersey. And yeah. Virginia was a terrific spot. And I was glad I did. I kind of wish I uh, maybe just you know stayed a little longer, but I, I wound up back there, you know, in Fredericksburg a few years later. So yeah, right. And yeah. so let's bleed that right in. So I'm assuming, as you said earlier, that's when you started listening to Tony and became a fan. Yeah, that's right. I was uh, I, I used to read his style column on Sundays, and I used to read his uh, you know his regular news and uh, sports columns, and I would listen to him. And he when he was especially when he was on ESPN Radio. Uh, once in a while, we could pick up when it was the local AM uh, station with uh, Sidekick. Oh, Andy Poli. Yeah, Andy Poli. Yeah, Andy Poli. I still laugh at that. I'm like, no, that's not what he said. Anyway, uh, but yeah, that's where I started listening to him. And now, even today, I will uh, use phrases like the white hot intensity of a thousand suns, or you know, that's it, that's the list, and uh-huh. just things. And I've got, uh, I know you, Chuck, you have, uh, what, every book, almost every book signed by him, which yeah. is great. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Just, uh, the only I've one only I don't have found... is The Baby Chase. That's the only one I don't oh, have okay. signed. Yeah. And, I, and that one, I was so surprised when he, um, uh, I didn't even know that story yeah. per se, but I have a couple of his books and I'd really like to um, find a way to get into them and, and get them uh, autographed if yeah. I could. So, yeah. but well, uh, you yeah, just no, have to I, find where he's going and stalk him on the street. That's what that's, that's worked right. for me. So that's awesome. <laughs> but uh, he, he always spoke to me in terms of his style and his writing. Yeah. And I always yes. hoped I'd run into him at um, either when I was covering a James Madison uh, sporting event, or maybe when I was there one time. He uh, we hired Lefty Drizel as our basketball coach, and I thought, oh, for sure, now Mr. Tony's going to come because it's Lefty. Right. It would have been you know a legend at, at Maryland. And um, he never did. So yeah. I, I thought at one point I would be a big and I'm just a happy, loyal little. <laughs> Excellent. Now, do you mind me asking, where do you work now? Uh, I work for the state of New York in uh, public information. Oh, okay. So that's what a lot of reporters do when they come to Albany after a few years. They, uh, uh, you, you do it for so long. Matter of fact, when I was in television, I came, I worked for the ABC affiliate here. I worked for the NBC affiliate. I worked in radio. But the last stint was early, early morning. So I was up at 2.30 in the morning. And I did that for, gosh, over three years. And uh, my daughter, my feminine child, was my only, 
she thought it was hilarious that I was going to bed before she was. Right. And it got to a point that it was just so draining. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of media folks, you know, you get to a point where shock of shocks, they don't pay you very well in some of these markets. Yeah. They don't. Um, and it was time to find – no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you Parade Magazine for screwing that up. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, no, it just became that and then there was an opening and for the last – since 2019, I have been lucky enough to work for the state of New York, good, bad, or indifferent. And, yeah. Um, it's more nine to five and I can get her to school, That's pick her great. up. We can have more fun on the weekends. My wife is also in the media and she does work weekends. So uh, we balance it out nicely. Yeah. That's great. I was going to try to impress you with like WNYT. I remember. <laughs> uh, go ahead. Yeah, that's, go. that's NBC, right? That is the NBC. Yes. I don't yes. remember the ABC. Uh, it was WTEN. WTEN. Yeah. And I was right. going to like throw some like. I'm trying to remember, it's been 20 some years, like Chris Kapastashi, is that one of the... Yeah, she was at Channel 13, the yeah. WNYT, and uh, she got great lore story here is the news director for NBC News uh, was up here for a convention or something in at the Sagamore, which is in uh, Lake George, mm-hmm. uh-huh. as some will know, and I'm sure and Mr. Tony knows this area pretty well, yeah. upstate and so on. But the rumor is that his wife, the news director's wife, was in a hotel room and saw Chris Kapastashi and said, she's great talent. You've got to hire her. She became Chris Jansing. Yes. She was married, I guess, at the time. She changed the name to go to uh, NBC. Uh, and so she moved, I think, right before I got here. So sometime in the late okay. 90s yep. is when she she moved out and um, came and was working for the sort of the two, number two or number three station, depending on how you look at it, right. Channel 10, WTEN. Uh, and we did our best to chip at the uh, the wall there. And uh, eventually I wound up going over and working for the number one station. Okay, so, so it, worked, it worked that well. Let's cap it all off. CBS yes, sir. WRGB? RGB. Yes, yes. RGB. That's right. <laughs> Which right. actually wow. is funny. It's one of the first stations in the country. Oh, wow. Um, television I know stations. That. Because Schenectady has General Electric, and General Electric had uh, one of the first radio signals. Mm-hmm. And I worked for a radio station called WGY, uh, news and breaking news and talk station. Oh, and gotcha, they, gotcha. So, but uh, I did that for five years in the middle there. It was It's a legendary place that uh, Don Weeks, you probably listen oh, yeah. to him in the morning. Yeah. Um, yep. This is probably boring the heck out of I know. Of I was just thinking, well, Jason Bullock's <laughs> loving it. I'm trying oh, to think yeah. who else, oh, who else is up yeah. there. I mean, there's we got quite a few actually up in the we Capital do. District. So It's funny. I'll listen and hear some of the emails read on Tony's show. Yeah. And you'll hear so-and-so from Cohoes or Niskayuna or yep. Albany. Troy. Or- and Troy. Tony knows where they are. Tony's like, I've been there. Yeah. I know where that is. Yeah. Uh, Rich That's Ottinger's right. up there. He's uh-huh. another one. Yeah. They're, some of the listeners are liking this. Yeah. Most I of them are so. not. So <laughs> with that in mind, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll okay. try to get back. On. I appreciate the trip down memory lane. Yeah. I really do. I mean, it's been like 20 some years since I've been up there. Mm-hmm. And obviously you grow up there, you know, even after college, you're up there. And then, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's yep. home. It's yeah, home. Of so, yeah. All right. Well, don't go anywhere. We got a lot more to get into. We'll be right back with Meet the Littles. This is the Loyal Littles Podcast with Chuck and Ross. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. And we are lucky enough to have John Craig here with us. Notice I said both full name there because it's kind of an easy one. Well, of, yeah, I, I'm just glad my parents didn't name me Craig Craig. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, right? Well, when I first introduced us, I was be like, which one is it? Is it John or Craig? Right, right, um, right. Well, it's not easy having two first and or last names. Yeah, yeah right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you want to give up your middle name? Uh, Robert. Okay. So so I'm, named, I'm named for my two grandfathers. My father's name is Robert, but he didn't want a junior, and he didn't want people to think it was a junior. Yep. 
So instead, yep. it, we flipped it. So it's John Robert Craig. Oh. Uh, but I, I always told people I, growing up when they, I just used the R, they said, what does it stand for? I usually said reporter. Um, <laughs> Excellent. But when I was a kid and I ran for student council and everything, I used it and I came up with a slogan, John R. Craig, just the right candidate. I didn't do very well. Oh, that's a great slogan won. though. <laughs> well, thank you very much. You can't, my mother was uh, clever enough to come up with that. So. My middle initial is B. Does that mean it's badass? Like what is that going to say? Yeah, like, there you go. That's bitchin'? Just like, what? What? <laughs> Absolutely. The listeners are going bozo right now. That's yeah. what they're going with. No, no, no. All right. I think that's, that's good. I like it. I had the same situation. My dad had the same first name mm-hmm. as well and didn't want to. So we just have different middle names. Yep. Uh, right. So there you go. Yep. That's how we got around that situation. <laughs> uh, but enough about me. Uh, let's get back into you. One thing we didn't get into was your sports fandom. Now, this is going to be interesting because you moved all over the place. Yeah. So where does well, all that lie? What's your favorite sport? I did. My favorite sport is whatever my feminine child is playing at the time uh, now because I've got to say... I've kind of, except for listening to Tony and following it a little bit, I've really been turned off by the business of sports yeah. and the, the, the money. And you can't even take a kid to a game anymore. Yeah. And I don't want to be that guy, but I guess I'm going to be. Uh, I'd love to go take her to uh, go down and to see the Yankee game. Or uh, I grew up a Yankee fan, but uh, you can't sit in those seats. I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah. So anyway, I, I grew up a Yankee fan in North Jersey. The Giants and Jets were so terrible when I grew up that if you didn't like them, you were a you went national. So I went, it could be probably either Cowboys or Steelers. I went Cowboys. Mm-hmm. And uh, Roger Staubach was a huge fan. I was a huge fan of his. So I, I followed the Cowboys until basically Jerry Jones bought the team. Okay. After that, I couldn't, I just couldn't root for them anymore because he came in and he fired Tom Landry. Yeah. And he fired all these, you know, that I grew up with. So, but that, that was, and then, I was a New Jersey Nets fan. Now they're in Brooklyn. I don't really care about them anymore. But <laughs> when they were in New Jersey, that was the team I could go see. My dad and I would go to a lot of games. Yep. But they never made the playoffs, so I needed a playoff team. So I was a Laker fan. Uh, the Magic, Kareem. I was the tallest one on my um, rec team, and I had glasses. So I had to get goggles like Kareem did. So I thought I, I was Kareem. But uh, I was a big fan of his. I got to see his, uh, not live, but on te- television when he scored – uh, became the all-time leading scorer in the NBA. And then, of course, we just saw LeBron do it nearly, what, 38, 39 years later. Yeah. Uh, and uh, But, yeah, so it was it was the Cowboys, J- the Yankees, and the Lakers, which is kind of predictable, I know. But um, at the time, that's what it was. And uh, uh, and the, the, I guess the New Jersey Devils for, for hockey. But now I'm really just – I'll watch a game. Um, I'm more of a college fan. I'll wait and see what James Madison does. They just went to um, uh, 1A or you – know, the next level up in college football. So I'm hoping something good happens with them. Do you want to do uh, a, a little hot take for a second? Sure. Now I'm old school. Get off this, my get off my lawn moment, but don't we feel like <laughs> the first four years of LeBron's career, we should have to like subtract those numbers. Yes. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like he got to play right out of high school. He did. You know, yeah, most people now, don't. Yeah. He, here's he the thing. Right on, I, I mean, he's fantastic. Oh, yes. he's great. I don't really. And you know, the other reason I don't really have a problem. It's not like he's going to retire this year. So right. he probably would have gotten to it anyway. Right. You know, eventually. Yeah. Because I think he wants to play with his son. I really think that's probably going to be his last season if he can pull that off right. somehow. Yes. But no, you know what I mean? I just all the I don't know. I'm like, it's like all these other records. And, you know, you see these movies where like, you know, they're talking about comparing, you know, the guys back then only had day games. They could they didn't have to hit under the lights and things like mm-hmm. that. You know, all these different comparisons on these records and stuff like that. But that one's the one that stuck out to me. I'm like, of course he broke the record. 
You know, he's had four more years of scoring people. points. And I mean, look how amazing he was back then, too. Absolutely. You know, he's right. scoring Absolutely. a lot more than he is now. So, right. And Kareem had to go through, or then Lou Alcindor had yeah. to go through. He couldn't even, I don't think he could, he couldn't even play as a freshman. Right. Uh, that was, those were the rules. Yeah. And he still became one of the uh, most amazing college players. And then, of course, came in as a, as a after senior year and, and dominated for a long, long time. Right. Yeah. But going back to but, Kareem real quick. Yeah. I mean, there's Please one. Please tell me you're going to do an airplane reference right no, now. No, there's <laughs> one thing that he's got over LeBron right What's now. What's that? Dancing with the Stars. Oh, there you oh. go. Oh, well, there you I go. I don't know That's if you right. watched him on it. I forgot about that. No. You're terrible, familiar right? with the show. Well, okay. Well, basket- basketball players, hard. it's hard for them. That It's hard for basketball players, especially the really, really tall ones, because yeah. to find a partner right. that... They will pair them with the tallest female dancer, professional, but they're still like feet taller right. than yeah. that. Oh, yeah. And that's Absolutely. really, it's really, really challenging. And their body moves in such a different way that it's hard for them to, basketball players, I think, especially to kind of bring it into the dance world. Okay, so, I can't believe I, Chuck's going to go here I for a I was second. very impressed with how much he tried and... He didn't last very long, but good for him. You know, LeBron what the, doesn't do that. That's true. That's <laughs> no. very true. Or there's this hot take: Why yeah. didn't Dancing with the Stars pair him up with a male partner? Close I don't even height. think they would have been close either. Have they gone there yet? They Pro- have. They've had two oh, they females. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, but they All have. Right. Yeah, uh, almost the same thing. But honestly, he was still way taller than everybody yeah, else. Yeah, but it they probably could have found difficult. a very tall, like a six foot. It still would have been almost a foot. I forget how tall, I forget how tall Kareem was. He's but. like ten feet seven tall. Seven two. Seven two. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Seven two plus tax for Roxy's right. comment. Okay. He's so tall. He is. Oh, he's very tall, and it's always hard for them to. It is. Yeah. They're but, lanky. And I just, yeah. I'll tell you real quick. Last night I was watching. I flipped over an, an old episode of Emergency, which is long before yes. your time no. was on. Okay. Yeah, I know it. Uh, yeah. All right. I so love so that I get, it, it was Saturday night. Actually, it was on Emergency. It was on one of the channels up here. And who is in a car accident but Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Stop it. No way. But he, somebody backed into his car so he couldn't get his door open. And then he jammed his knee. And he goes, oh, I'm a basketball player. I can't, I can't get out. And so they couldn't get the door out. And so they finally do. And when he steps out, of course, they do that camera angle where he's so enormous and yeah. he's so much taller than the rest of them. But I was like, wow, I didn't know Kareem was on emergency. I didn't That's either. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah he had a he had a cameo there. He was an actor before, um, you know. Uh, he he followed in the steps of what uh, Jim Brown and some others. See, I but, didn't. Of course, his big one is uh, Airplane. Airplane. That's the yeah, only one I really yeah. know. Right. Wow. Yeah. I did not know that. I remember Emergency. Roxy wouldn't, but I oh, yeah. you know. Rampart. The funny thing is, <laughs> there's no. I don't remember any of the actors in it. Uh-huh. I, I can visually see uh, them, but I don't. Ke- Kevin Ty, Randolph Mantooth. and uh, actually, there's a guy from Troy up here who played Doctor Brackett, and I can't remember his name now. Wow. I looked it up one time for some reason. I don't know. I guess he had just passed away, and they said he was from Troy. Oh, so, oh wow. uh, okay. Yeah, it's funny. Chuck's having a, <laughs> a minor bromance here again. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> okay, I have a question. Sure. <laughs> so you worked in a lot of TV and reporting and things like that. Who is the most famous person that you would say you've worked with or for? Uh, Good question. Let's see. Well, yeah. Well, let's see. Well, Actually, my... let's hear his answer first. Then we'll... <laughs> When I first got out of college, I had interned at NBC and CNBC before anybody really knew what CNBC was. And then I got hired as a production assistant. And I wound up working for, I don't know how famous these guys are, but maybe you can tell me, uh, Dick Cavett, 
Ooh. Phil Donahue. What? And, Her- and Geraldo Rivera. Okay. I mean, those good? are all is names that, I is, recognize. Is that good? Okay. Let's, yeah. let's, uh, all right, I'm not hitting my hand on the buzzer yet. I have a feeling <laughs> that might be coming soon. I mean, Phil Donahue, he started it all, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, he did. Uh, when I was an intern at NBC, matter of fact, it was a year that there was a, a writer's strike and they needed audience members. I wound up in the audience of, of the old Phil Donahue show. Well, flash forward to a couple years later, I'm working for CNBC and they created this show called Posner and Donahue. There's a guy named Vladimir Posner, who was kind of a talk show and journalist from Russia. And Phil Donahue, they became friends, and they created a half-hour call-in show called Posner and Donahue. And they would tape it, we'd do it twice a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And I got to meet Phil Donahue. He couldn't have been nicer. He liked KFC like you wouldn't believe. (laughs) Uh, Support. Fun fact. Yeah. But the topics would come on this. It was a, you know, it was a concurrent affair show. So... If he saw something on C-SPAN the night before, he's calling the producer and going, we need to do that. And somehow I was a researcher and a booker and whatever. I had to make it happen. And sometimes I just got him his chicken. So, you know, <laughs> you never know. What was, uh, what, what was but, his favorite uh, pieces? Like, was he a leg uh, thigh he, man? Or? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> yes, he was. Yeah, matter of fact, he was. Extra crispy. Extra crispy. Extra crispy. Uh, yeah. All right. Yep. That's right. Uh, that could, but, that and, could come in handy on Jeopardy someday. You never know. <laughs> Uh, and uh, Dick Cavett, of course, is a legend. And then I worked briefly for Geraldo after his talk show where he broke his nose. Oh, right. He came back. He tried to do a serious nightly show. If you remember during the OJ trial, that became the show of record called Rivera Live. Huh. Well, I made the great career choice of leaving to go try to be a news reporter. Oh, maybe three months before that or a month before that happened. I'm moving into my first apartment in Fredericksburg the night of the Bronco chase. And then Rivera Live takes off. I probably should have gone back to the show, but uh, I didn't. <laughs> what a dope. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, but he was he was so nice. As a matter of fact, one of the first nights, the guest was lost and couldn't be found. I knew where he was. And he looks at me and he goes, go find him. And I'm like, we were like 20 minutes from air. And I go find him in my car, had him follow back to the studio, let him in. We missed the first segment. I got him in the second segment. At the end, Geraldo gave me a nice pat on the back and said, nice job. Nice. Did you say I found him in Capone's vault? Is that what you said? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my dad, my uncle, and I watched it that Oh, we did. That I did too. It happened. Roxy yeah, wasn't with us yet, I don't think. But um, <laughs> Oh, yeah. I watched that intently. Yeah. And like, what a bust. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, I have another question. Oh, Roxy's just <laughs> full of questions today. Have you ever had a DA moment? Ooh. Ooh. I Thank you, Roxy. It. Wow. That's a good question. <laughs> I hung out at a bar with Steve Sands. What? Before he was before he was Steve Sands. Well, he was still Steve Sands, but he hadn't gotten the golf chip. <laughs> he, he wasn't uh, Sandsy? I'm like, was he? He was not Sandsy. <laughs> he wasn't <laughs> Roxy. Uh, was Michael with him? Because we've met him. Uh, no. His brother? No, he was not. Okay. All right. Uh, no, I wish I, I've not been to I have not been to La Cheeserie. I would like ah. to go. Although, real quick side note, I worked in retail at Bed Bath and Beyond, and one guy walked by. He was wearing a TK shirt, and I just walked up to him and I went, ah, La Cheeserie, and he looked at me, and he didn't get it at first. <laughs> he thought I was like some crazed uh, salesperson, <laughs> and then he goes, Oh, okay, yeah. So anyway, that's all right. First, of all, I have to pause. We're lucky this is your interview. I'm not going to go off on a tangent here. I might save this for one of the <laughs> other portions of the episode. But Bed Bath and Beyond—they're dead to me right now. They're completely dead. I know to me we right had an now. experience. Completely dead. Oh, I'm to so me. sorry. So I'm unless sorry. you still have connections, I we're going to move on. I still love them. I, I do not. Okay. 
Those bad. Was, uh, they sold me a product was, that doesn't a... work and they won't take it back. That's the, the nutshell. But we'll go. Yeah, they, this is they you. Changed back the, to Sansi. You didn't finish your okay. Sansi story. All right. So, so I'm in Fredericksburg and I have a college friend who's doing sports in Richmond. And she invited me down to go out. And uh, Richmond was a little more hopping in town than Fredericksburg. And she says, hey, we're all going to go out with the other people from other stations. So we go out. And lo and behold, I meet a guy who's working for the NBC affiliate there. His name is Steve Sands. And he's doing the nightly sports. And they were working for competition, but, but they, you know, they crossed paths and saw each other. And so I said hello, and we chatted for a little while. And this is before anybody knew where he would go. And I think it was the year, maybe right around the time the Golf Channel was born. Mm. And the next thing I know, he's on the golf. I'm going, that guy, I know that guy. He's on the. <laughs> nice. and, and I remember when I was in Fredericksburg, I said, you know what? I heard this all. There's going to be an all golf channel. What is that? And I should have gotten my car. And driven to Jacksonville or to Ponte Vedra and knocked on the door, but I didn't, and I instead followed a different path. But uh, here you are. That was that was it. If I ever run into Steve, not only will I drop a lachiserie, but I might mention that we hung out at a bar in Richmond once. Time. Tell him, nice. tell him he stuck you with the bill and see what happens. Yeah, he, I think he. Oh, I think he might have. Actually, <laughs> oh. you say that. <laughs> there you go. That'll make him he feel guilty. Have. He'll take yeah. you out. He'll be like, oh, I remember He's... you. Let me take you out. There you go. So. <laughs> All right. Well, John, we can't thank you enough for coming on to Meet the Littles. This has been great. Let's uh, get to some fun, dumb questions. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. All right, Roxy, start us off. Okay. Who would play you in a movie of your life? Who would play me in a movie of my life? I'd like to say Matt Damon, but I don't ah. think he, he'd oh. have to put on a little more weight. Ah. Uh, <laughs> That's a good answer, uh, but he could probably hack it. He could fit the bill. Okay. All right. Well, let's follow it up with this then. If someone made a movie of your life, would it be a drama, a comedy, or romantic comedy, action film, science fiction, horror, documentary, or mockumentary? Good, Chuck. <laughs> probably a mockumentary. They wonder, how, how come this guy couldn't keep a job? He kept moving around from place <laughs> to place. What's wrong with him? Right. And, uh, and, and what did he do to screw up, uh, you know, as he went along? But, uh, yeah, whether we could... Uh, we could do that or uh, go with uh, the uh, what's the movie with um, uh, not Spinal Tap, but uh, Goffman. The, the, yeah, that's, that that's would be show. yeah. those guys. Yeah you, put, yeah, yeah. you put all those guys doing it. I think we'd, we'd have something. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. What's the most courageous thing you've ever done? I think getting on a plane and going to Bosnia. Yeah. Uh, I have yeah. no idea what the heck I was doing. That's very um, courageous. They fast tracked my passport. I never had a passport before. And all of a sudden, they're like, yeah, you're going to go. And I'm like, what? My parents thought I was nuts. Spent two weeks. At one point, uh, I had to drive cross-country in a the red car, the red rental car, by myself. Wow. That's, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that, that, that's, that's that would be it. That's a big deal. All right, last one. If you could be a cartoon character for a week, who would you want to be? Magilla Gorilla. Ooh. What? <laughs> Magilla Gorilla. You never heard of Magilla Gorilla? No. I've heard of Magilla Gorilla. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, I thought this was my guy. I thought we were like the same gender. What happened? What ha- All right, what? Wait, something happened here. <laughs> I what, think who was that? Oh, McGilla Gorilla was a, uh, uh, he was a pet who would, uh, well, he was at the pet store and he would escape every week and go on hijinks and then somehow he would get back to the pet store before they would figure it out. But he would uh, he would have a little adventures. Nice. Um, so you, you might have to YouTube that one. I'm so <laughs> lost right now. I've never heard of this. I don't recall. It's a, it's a very Gorilla? catchy thing. But wait, was this like on Saturday morning? No, it was. Well, I think it may have been, but I caught it during the week, like after school. uh, I would see it. You're not mixing it up with Scooby Doo. No. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, I have no idea. No, 
and it's a great theme song. I encourage all the littles to go and uh, All right, we're going to do that right after this. Yes. Magilla Gorilla for sale. Magilla Gorilla. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> all right, Roxy, some rapid fire to end it out. All right, crunchy or smooth peanut butter? Smooth. You got to go smooth. I. Uh, well, you don't have to. Yeah, you Just, do. Well, I know you don't. But, uh, <laughs> if, if, uh, I'll tell you why. A couple reasons. One, uh, I just like smooth. But two, my dog likes smooth. So if I get a little extra on the finger, the dog licks it right off. Doesn't uh-huh. have to worry about any of the nuts. Okay. Yep. All right. That's, mm-hmm. good. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Coke or Pepsi? Coke. God, I was doubling I got, down. Uh, <laughs> I, well, I have so many. I, I have a lot of Coca-Cola Christmas ornaments and so many things uh, – Coca-Cola. I, my mother, for some reason, bought me a Coke sweater a long time ago, which doesn't fit anymore, but I've always been a Coke guy. Okay. All right, Roxy, if he wins a prize, we're getting him something Pepsi just to start okay. eating it off. Okay. <laughs> I, don't right. like, I don't dislike Pepsi. Okay. All right. Uh, cool. But I like Coke. All right. One more, Roxy. Star Wars or Star Trek? Oh, I like both of them, too, but I'd have to go Star Wars. That made a huge impression on me when I was a kid. Yeah. And uh, I've, I've always been – I think they've gotten a little too much – these days of trying to, you know, go in all these directions. Yeah. But I like the classics of Star Wars, you know, episodes uh, four, five, and six especially. Definitely, oh, yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Oh, and since we're there, Uranus jokes, not funny or never not funny? <laughs> never not funny. Excellent. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> all right, John, thanks so much for coming on the Loyal Littles podcast. Now, is there anything we can plug for you? And how can we get in touch with you if you want to be gotten in touch with? <laughs> Uh, no, nothing to plug. There used to be. I used to have a. Uh, I was trying to get into the golf uh, world, of, uh, but uh, no longer. So I'm just uh, doing my job here in upstate New York. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. JRCJMU. I'll reach out once in a while. I asked like, I, when I wanted to see the picture uh, outside the Cincinnati Medical Center. Tony Beeson sent it, uh, posted it on the Facebook page there. So I'll just keep in touch there. I'm not trying to plug anything. I'm just happy to be a fan of. Mr. Tony, and of course, Chuck and Roxy. Wow. Thanks. You don't have to suck up to us. You're over, we're done now. You don't have to <laughs> oh, okay. Well, then uh, the heck with you. Forget it. Right. <laughs> no, we appreciate it. We yes. really do. All right. And now, as an homage to the big show, we'll get you out of here on this. Over or under? Over. Is there any other way? Come on. <laughs> Apparently. We had one the other day. We had a we had a hardcore under the Yeah, other we had a hardcore under. I know. Under, you. So. I, I remember that one. But yeah. I, uh, come on. I know, right? It's well, got to be over. It's got to be over. Un- be over. Unless, you're, unless you're changing that in the dark. Exactly. Hey, come on. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So, all right, John, thanks again for coming on the Lilo's podcast. We really appreciate the time. Thank you so much for letting me ramble on here. I really appreciate it. I'm big fans, and uh, I love what you guys are doing. Oh, thanks. All right, all you loyal listeners. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. And now, here's Chuck and Roxy. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. And thank you, John Craig, for coming out to meet the Littles. Now, Roxy. Yeah, Chuck. Did you really know about this gorilla, purple gorilla, Magilla gorilla, I think it's called? Magilla gorilla? Magilla. Oh, it rhymes with gorilla. I get it. Okay, Magilla. Yeah. Magilla gorilla. Yes, I think so. Although now that I'm thinking about it, I might just be mixing up Magilla with McGillicuddy from <laughs> Lucy and oh. I Love Lucy. <laughs> I don't know. But I actually did a little deep. I, don't, I, I wouldn't say a deep dive, but I Googled it because yeah. it was killing me. Mm-hmm. And I do remember it. I vaguely remember it. I mean, it, it sounds familiar. So yeah. I, I think but that's. Yeah. I just wanted to, since I deep dived, it was voiced by Alan Melvin says he's a fun-loving yet trouble-prone anthropomorphic 
gorilla. Is that what I was trying to say? Anthropomorphic. Yeah, nice try. She just practiced that, Littles. <laughs> Who spends his time languishing in the front display of a window of Melvin Peebles' pet shop eating bananas and being a drain on the shop's finances. <laughs> Peebles frequently marks down his price considerably, but he is invariably only purchased for a short time, typically by some thieves who need a gorilla to break into a bank or an advertising agency what? looking for a mascot for their new product. The customers always end up returning Megillah, forcing <laughs> Peebles to give a refund. Oh anyway, no. so it, I'm going to have to tr- maybe we can try and get some of these episodes on YouTube or something. Yeah, it's been a long time. I vaguely remember. Uh huh. All right, next, let's get to some Save the Date, shall we? Yes. All right, August 5th. Summer of Littles 5. August has a holiday. Don't forget to mark that down. It's yes. a Saturday. It's always that weekend. Mm-hmm. And more information will be coming soon, but you can always go to the website. Summeroflittles.com. And all the information will be there. Uh, here's another one. This is also your tiny little suggestion for this episode. John Michael Hersey wrote this in. He said, we'll be opening for the Sweet Vermouths Ooh. at... The Green Growler in Croton, New York, Friday, March 3rd. That's this Friday, March 3rd, 2023 at 7 p.m. Please come join us. He sent us a link for tickets and stuff like that and, you know, information about the uh, event. So we'll put that in the notes for you. So just go over the show notes to see all that. And then as we heard on the big show. So I don't even know why I'm doing this. I mean, come on. If it's on the big show, it does not need to be here. But Colorado Littles, they are gathering at 6 p.m. on Wednesday, March 15th. That's the Ides of March. At Murphy's Tap House, it's 585 South McKayslin Boulevard. I think that's how you say that. In Louisville, Colorado. And I will post that in the show notes as well. And we'll keep repeating that because we've got like two weeks before that. Yeah, be there, um, be but square. Ed Butts hooking that up together. And I told him I would frequently mention that on the sure. podcast. He gave us a read. I'll do that again later on. Mm-hmm. But since Tony just did it on the big show. I know. Good job out of you, Ed. So now let's get into a thank you. I've been, I've been wanting to talk about this since we started the podcast today, Roxy. But holy cow, what a turnout this last weekend. Oh, my gosh. At Hurley's, yes. What I want to know is where were the regulars? I mean, you could have met so many new littles. I'm guessing you were just busy or maybe you heard I was going to be there and you decided not to go. (laughs) I don't know. But hello. I mean, we had so much fun. It was so much fun. We probably had at one point 15. I mean, I think that I hear that's better than a Boston turnout for Summer of Little sometimes. Yeah. Well, if Sully's in charge. Right. But yeah. I mean, such a fun time. Great to meet new people that we had never met except Mm -hmm. on the podcast, which is fun. So speaking of such a good time at Hurley's, one of our attendees sent us a voicemail. Ooh, Let's take a listen. Hey, Chuck and Roxy. It's Ashton Wingate, episode 209. Wanted to check in really quick with a pronunciation correction as well as give some props out. So first and foremost, the hip hop group that you're looking for is Diggable Planets, not Digible Planets. Second, shout out to Jamie Armada and his collection. I just bought a pair of Air Pegasus 37 Turbo 2s in the Electric Green Launch colorway. We can talk about that at some point. And also props to Ritz. The ambassadorship is a crazy level of sneaker access that us sneakerheads who are not athletes can only hope and dream of having. Uh, so props to you. It was great to meet everyone out there at Hurley's, all the littles that I got a chance to talk to. I felt right at home. Uh, so I appreciate everything, Chuck and Roxy, and we'll keep listening. Thanks. Thank you, Ashton, for the voice memo. Remember, the voice memos are great. What I want to say is he sounded great in that. Crystal clear. I don't know. I, I almost feel like I want to know how he did that. Because Probably just on his phone. I don't know. That sounded like he was in a recording studio Ooh. or something. Now, let's get to our emails, shall we? Yeah. Uh, we heard from Ritz, who was also at Hurley's. He mm-hmm. had a good time. And he says, hey, it was great to be in studio with you guys last week. I never knew that Fine Sand also went to BU. 
the guy he mentioned in his interview, Jack Fela, was also one of my mentors. It's such a small world story. Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. Then he goes on. I don't know if we're going to play any of this, but he says, <laughs> here's the link to the video I mentioned of someone reading The Girl with the Green Ribbon. See your Ritz, mildly popular third wheel, slightly better than a monkey. <laughs> I mean, good point. Uh, so this video he sent, I mean. Oh, my gosh. Creep. E. E. <laughs> I felt like we were on uh, the electric company there for a second. Creep. E. Creep. Creepy. Yeah, that's how they did. <laughs> yeah, just wow. I don't know if I'm going to put it in the show notes or not, but it. I don't want to get. We don't want to give you nightmares. It was. I might. Have I don't nightmares. understand how this is considered a children's book. That's what I don't get. Yeah, I. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, let's move on, shall we? New listener, Roxy. Ooh. Steve Kearns, episode TBD. Hi, Chuck and Roxy. I just listened to my first CNR podcast yesterday. I have a lot of catching up to do. Now, let's go. You listen to your first The Loyal Littles podcast episode. We know Mr. Tony. Look, we're not knocking on Mr. Tony calling us the Chuck and he Roxy call show. He can call us whatever he, he wants. He can call us whatever he wants. Just, he can't call us late for dinner. Yeah, exactly. But you think he'd call us for dinner? Probably no. not. Maybe Michael will cook a nice little barbecue or something. <laughs> How great would that be? All right. But he says, I have been listening since the start of AM 570 when the morning show was rebroadcast in the afternoon. He used to take calls from the general public way before Littles became a thing. In fact, when a caller would greet Uncle Tony with, How are you doing? The call would be ended with a playing of band from the Tony Kornheiser show. <laughs> I'm willing to bet Greg Garcia was the mastermind behind that. Now, Littles, just so you know, when I do that, when we meet the Littles, that's an homage to that. I know all about that. Oh, yeah. And that's exactly why I go, hey, Roxy, how you doing? Yeah. You know, that's that thing. Mm -hmm. So and then he goes on. He says, I made the pilgrimage to chatter once before its sad demise, but that was not my first encounter with Mr. Tony. There was a celebration at Union Station in D.C. for Joe Gibbs' induction to the National Football League Hall of Fame. I was standing with a couple of friends when TK entered the room immediately to my right. We shook hands and exchanged pleasantries. He asked me pointedly, where's the bar? <laughs> I gestured the proper direction and he was off. While brief, I enjoyed the interaction. I just wanted to reach out. I will try to catch up as quickly as I can. Good luck with the show. Steve Kearns, episode TBD. How great is that? Yeah, well, listen, Steve. I mean, you just, More have to, you just have to come on the show yourself and talk to us about all of these things and all the other stories that I know you have. Absolutely. And you can't say you don't have them because we always find them. Absolutely. We'll take care of that. You yes. just get your butt on the show. <laughs> all right. What's next, Roxy? All right. Next, we heard from Adam Benson, episode 27. He said, hi, Chuck and Roxy. On the Loyal Littles podcast, Mark Feinsand said the Cubs could win the division. Don't tease me, Mark. <laughs> Well, that's I, it. That's, it's all not like he said, that's all he wrote. He, it's not like he said they could win the World Series. True. I mean, true. I don't know. Milwaukee's usually tough, But they though. could be a and St. good Louis, team. That's a great division, too. Ours and that division, I think, are the two best. I'm yeah. sure other people in those other divisions will counter. Sure, but. Okay. Then we heard for Brian Becker, episode 83. I wrote the sponsored by part of my Friday Five intro, hoping that someone out there would at least crack a little <laughs> smile. Your reactions to it far exceeded anything that I hoped for. Also, would anyone out there be interested in a Loyal Littles podcast National League Fantasy Baseball League? Ooh. Yes, I wanted to bring that up. Whoa. Brian approached me about that. And look, we're happy to sponsor it. Uh-huh. Totally happy to sponsor it. We'll even provide the mediocre prizes to the winner. Yep. No problems there. 
I just don't think I can be a part of it. Ugh. So write into us, wtfcpodnet at gmail.com. Let us know. We'll put you in touch with Brian if you want to partake in that. And like I said, we're more than happy to call it the Loyal Littles Podcast. What do you say? National, National League, League Fantasy, Fantasy Baseball, Baseball League. League. We're happy wow. to do it. And you know, we'll even do updates throughout the season, whatever we can do to help out with that. But let us know if yep. you're interested and we'll pass you along to Brian and maybe we can make that happen. That'd be a lot of fun. All right, Roxy, what's next? All right, we heard from Lee Gordon, episode 80. I had a David Aldridge moment in this episode. The sultry Latin narrator on Jane the Virgin is my friend, Anthony Mendez. Oh. Okay. Yeah. All right. We're not going to leave this one for last this time. <laughs> okay. But it's coming. Here it is. Episode 178, Dear Choxy, on my old episode quest, I'm lost somewhere in the 120s currently, and there's a lot of discussion about the Marvel movies. <laughs> as someone that watched them as they were released, I got to say, it seems impossible to start now. And if it were me, I wouldn't bother. Okay. See? All right. That's, okay. Th- that we should just opinion. end the email right there. <laughs> nope. I mean, who wants to commit to watching like 25 movies at this point? They are good. Some are great. But you would end up devoting like 48 hours of your life to watch stuff that just gets one-upped with each movie. Yeah. That makes sense. Then again, you've watched like 43 seasons of Survivor. So if you have that time on your hands, then I guess it's worthwhile. We don't really, but we just figure it out. Well, it was during the pandemic, that's, to be fair. Yeah, that's how it started. Had we yes. known all you people with these Marvel movies then, we probably would have had something else to watch. Yeah. But instead, we watched Survivor. All right. He says, personally, I think Rocky movies are a better bang for your buck. I agree. Uh, I mean, some are better than others. Well, he uh, said that. He said that earlier. Then he says, there are only like eight and one. Okay, there's not eight. (laughs) Episode 178. Close, but there's not eight. And watching Stallone's face change with all the plastic surgery he's had is kind of fun when you binge watch the films. (laughs) I'm not giving up on my bloopers episode. Want, need. Episode 178, always better than a hockey segment. And he put in parentheses, ABTHS. ABTHS. That actually rolls off the tongue nicely. Not bad. ABTHS. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Cool. All right, Roxy. What's the last one? All right. Last one we heard from Bob Sproul, episode 23. Wow. Hey there, Chuck and Roxy. Hope that all is well. I appreciated the shout out from Ritz on your last show about he and I and our bets on the over-under for the Pittsburgh Pirates this year. The over-under number for the Pirates this season is 67.5, and I will be betting on the over. It may not be a smart bet, but I never want to be in a position of rooting for my favorite team to lose games as the season draws to a close. Can the Pirates manage a 68-94 record this season? That would require a six-game improvement over 2022. It will go down to the final week of the season. Wow, that's always a tough one. I agree. It is, yeah. It's always tough, especially like when you're betting on the Super Bowl, stuff like that. You, I mean, you just you don't want to be rooting against your own team. Right. It just sucks. Right. Now, in that case, though, if you think about it, you know, I'm not as in tune with the baseball draft and stuff like that. We all hear about always in the NBA teams tanking for the mm-hmm. better lottery pick and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you got that going for you a little bit. You'll get a better draft pick, but... I guess I'm going to say it would depend how much money I had on it. <laughs> I mean, True. Like if, if my team stinks, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is if you're going to have a bet on a team, that would be the bet to have if you're going to root against your team. If because by that point in the season, if it comes down to the last week, you know what I mean? And yeah. you're, you're not making the playoffs. Your team's not good. Right. So I could say, yeah, let's just start. And like I said, if you're going to clear five grand off the bat, mm-hmm. I, I think I could root against the Red Sox for that. Just for one week. Just for that last week. But also, too, whichever team loses first, 
they get to be on the golf course first. That's true. So who's really winning? So who's the loser yeah, now? Yeah, who's really losing now? <laughs> right, exactly. That's what I should have said. So anyway, Roxy, that's all the time we have. Let's tell everyone how they can get in touch with us. You can go to our website, loyallittlespod.com. Everything is there, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Write us an email. Let us know if you want to come on the show. We would love to have you. Absolutely. And a big thank you once again to John Craig for coming on to Meet the Littles this episode. And also thank you, Michelle Pendleton and the great Sean Morrissey. He does all those great voices. I know. We should have him back on and see if he's got any new ones. Yeah, we have to. Yeah, that would be funny. (laughs) That would be great. Or maybe he could just do a whole five mediocre minute segment. As somebody? As like Bush. (laughs) That would be great. You know? (laughs) Or maybe he could do Bush and Trump together. Oh, that'd be funny. Yeah. I mean, and he's got all those other great ones too. Christopher Walken. I'm Mm -hmm. trying to think what else. Mm -hmm. But uh, we really appreciate those. But most importantly, remember, if you need a grip for your stick. Go to stickgrip.com. If you need fog-free eyewear. Go to fogfreeeyewear.com. And if you're looking for a book, and perhaps it could be called Musical Crossroads Stories Behind the Objects of African-American Music by the great Dwan Reese, you go to... Aaronsbooks.com. And don't forget to put in the comment sections at checkout our code. LL pod. Use the code. Don't be a dope. Bye. And I don't want to be that guy, but I guess I'm going to be. The other side of the cushion. That's where the mess is. Don't flip me over. Don't be surprised.
The Loyal Littles Podcast is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Crocco. And the Loyal Littles Podcast logo is designed and drawn by Eric Lonergan. And sometimes I just got him as chicken. Oh, yeah.